0: Welcome back to For the It, a lifestyle podcast where I talk to everyday people about life and lessons learned while inspiring you to do things just for the hell of it. I'm your host, Ellie Topinka. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because it is just going to be me, no guest, and I am going to be talking about something that I think is really important and is very cool, but I know that it's not going to be for everyone. Um, I am going to be talking about my son Chandler's birth story, my postpartum experience, and early motherhood. Um, Like I said, I get it. This may not be your thing. You may not be interested, and that is totally fine. I totally get it. Feel free to skip this episode. But the reason that I'm doing this and the reason that I want to share my story is because I didn't have the experience that many of my friends did, especially postpartum. Um, and we'll get into that, but I just would love to share this, and if this helps one person feel less alone or more seen, um, then that's worth it for me. So um, I hope you enjoy it, and uh, let's get into it. All right. Hi, friends. This feels so weird. I am sitting on my bed um, by myself. I do not have a guest, which has been my typical format so far and what I prefer. Um, But this is my story. And so it kind of just makes sense for me to do this alone. I did try and con Jordan into doing it with me, and he was like, I don't feel like I have anything. that is going to be helpful for the situation in this story, which is not true, but I am happy to be here on my own sharing my birth story of my first son, my only son Chandler um, and so we're going to be talking about postpartum and early motherhood. Um, I do just want to say if this is something that is maybe going to be um, hard to listen to if you're in a a, a stage of life where um, you're trying for a baby and not you know not getting that yet or you um have had traumatic experiences around pregnancy and or birth um it, feel free to skip this episode truly um my heart behind sharing my story is that my experience was very different than many of the people that have shared their experience with me and so i was feeling really alone for a portion of my postpartum um experience and so i just want to share this in case someone listens to this one day and is like wow i felt the same way like i am not the only one so we're just going to dive right into it um i have shared before in my episode um, that i did with jordan about marriage after kids um i had a great pregnancy it was um very easy very smooth and i know there's people probably listening to this like oh my gosh this girl i hate her Um, I get it. (laughs) Um, I would probably hate me too if I had a rough pregnancy. Um, But I was just so blessed to have had like literally just like the perfect pregnancy. I wasn't sick. Um, I obviously, you know, you get your aches and pains towards the end. And, you know, there are times where you are super uncomfortable and horrible heartburn. Um, But really, overall, I truly, truly enjoyed being pregnant. Um, and so I would say that the thing that I was most anxious about was actually birth itself. I was terrified <laughs> um, If anyone knows me really well. Like I just don't, I don't consider myself to have a very high pain tolerance. And so I was just so scared. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I remember so distinctly laying in bed. I was probably, I mean, I had to have been like 38, 39 weeks pregnant. So I'm at the end. Well, I guess I had to have been like 38 weeks cause I, as I'll tell you, went into labor early. Um, But I was laying in bed and I was just thinking about birth and thinking about the process and what it was going to feel like. And I just remember being like, I I don't know that I want to do that. And then like the very next second thinking, well, I don't have a choice. (laughs) And that's such a daunting, if you are pregnant or have been pregnant, it is a very daunting thought to be like, I have no choice. This baby is coming out of me one way or another. Um, And so I was just super, super scared. Um, So like I just said, so I was about 39 weeks pregnant. I was due um, September 6th. And um everyone told me, you know, oh, first-time moms very rarely go into labor early. You're going to go over. Don't worry, don't worry. So I was just like, okay, that's what I was expecting, you know. I don't know any different. Um and I remember very distinctly I started having contractions on a Sunday. It was August 29th to be specific. Um and I was at first I was just well, okay, let me back up. Saturday I started cramping and I was like, man, I'm just very crampy. It felt like a period cramp, so to speak. Um, And it wasn't consistent. It was on and off and whatever. And I mentioned something to my mom and my aunt. They had stopped over and they were like, oh, it's probably nothing. Don't worry about it. So I was like, okay, you're probably right. So Sunday comes around. I'm still kind of cramping on and off. By Sunday evening, I am like, okay, these are like getting stronger. And it felt more like the tightening of my stomach, which is essentially what I had been told a contraction felt like. And so I said, it's no longer just crampy, uncomfortable. It's now like a seizing. And so I started to kind of track those. And they were super inconsistent. But they were happening consistently for hours. Um, so what I mean by that is they would be, you know, I'd have a, a quote-unquote contraction. That's what it was. Didn't realize it at the time. It would last about a minute. But then I would go like 15 minutes and I wouldn't have an, And then I'd have another one. And then I would go nine minutes. And then i'd have another one and then i'd go five minutes and have another one but then i'd be back to 20 minutes so it was all over the place but i called my mom because my mom and jordan were going to be my two people um chandler was born still during kind of covid lockdown times in the hospitals and so i knew that i only was allowed to have two people so my mom and jordan were my two people i called her i said hey it was 11 o'clock at night on this sunday i said you may just want to come down just in case it might be nothing but maybe a good idea if you do she lives an hour and a half away. So she came down and I did consistently kept having these contractions, but they were sporadic, you know, like they weren't completely stopping ever. They were, you know, continuing on, but still very sporadic. And so we all slept out in the living room. I was bouncing on my ball. A lot of the night I would sleep for a little bit, but I was just uncomfortable. Um, and so in the morning I got up and my mom was like, Hey, let's go walk around the block." And I said, okay. And so we're walking around the block and I'm quickly like in a lot more pain. And, and I had earlier in the day, this is again, <laughs> warning, kind of gross. Um, my mucus plug had slowly started to come out. And so basically that's like, just imagine a plug straight up in your cervix. Um, and it kinda, it can come out all at one time, but it, it can also kind of break apart and come out. And so it, kind of slowly had started breaking apart and so I had seen that well as we're walking I'm just like oh my gosh mom like I gotta stop and so I kept having to stop we got back to the house again warning um had what they call bloody show which is a disgusting term but it is very accurate of what it is essentially it's when I believe again not a doctor here like your cervix has like ripened and is like preparing for birth and so it almost looks like you start your period And so I was like, oh, wow. Okay, this is happening. I'm pretty sure I am in actual labor. Um, So I ended up just continuing to track that. By about 1 o'clock, my contractions were about five to six minutes apart. And they had lasted about an hour um, consistently, you know, five to six minutes apart. And so I said, you know what, let's just go in. So we went into the hospital. Um, They checked me. And I was only at a 1 and I was like, are you joking? <laughs> and so I was in, you know, quite a bit of pain at this point, And the contractions are still very steadily coming um, and getting more and more intense. And so they, she said, unless you progress, we'll send you home. But if you progress within the next hour to two hours, then we'll keep you. So we started walking the halls and I then started to have intense back pain. And it, if anyone who has had back labor, it is excruciating (laughs) it almost dropped me to my knees multiple times Um, I would have Jordan or my mom just like heavy weight push on my back and Jordan my mom she's like so like aggressive and it was like what I needed and then I'd be like okay Jordan will you push on my back and he'd very gently because he doesn't want to hurt me and I'm like I need you to put all of your weight into my back (laughs) and he was like okay um I wish he was here so he could like speak to this because I think he was like scared, like what is happening? This is crazy. Um, And so I walked the halls for about 30 minutes, 35, 40 minutes, went back to the room. They checked me again and I was at a four. So she was like, wow, okay, we're progressing quickly. So continued to kind of labor for a while. Um, The most comfortable spot for me was sitting on the toilet. Weird, I know. But for some reason it was like the only spot that like gave me any relief in my back Um, and so I had, I had gone into this thinking like, I believe I'm going to want an epidural again, don't have the crazy high pain tolerance. I think I'm going to want an epidural and, but I wanted to wait as long as I possibly could because it can slow your labor down. Not always, but it can. And I had heard that from multiple people. My, one of my best friend drew, she's a labor and delivery nurse. So she had kind of like prepped me for some of these things. So I said, I think I want to wait. I had discussed it with my nurse that I would probably want an epidural at some point. And she was like, okay, so Jordan and my mom went to go eat. And as I'm laboring and bouncing on the ball and sitting on the toilet, she was like, you know, just so you know, like, I'm just telling you it's going to take about 30 minutes for him to get here to do your epidural. And it's going to take about 30 minutes for it to kick in. So just keep that in mind. And I was like, yeah, you can go ahead and call. (laughs) So I was at a five at that point. I got my epidural And for the next, and I will tell you, okay, so let's talk about the epidural really fast. I am not a needle person. I am terrified of needles. I can't look at them. I've gotten a lot better, but I just, I literally like don't look at them. Okay, even if you don't mind needles, do not look at this needle. I am not doing this to scare you. I am doing this to just warn you. It is the largest needle you've ever seen in your life. And so it's very alarming to look at. Just don't. Just don't look at it. (laughs) Um, I was very scared of the epidural, but to be completely honest, and I know people have had like horror stories or had really bad experiences, um, but mine, it was not bad. Maybe that was because I actually was having a contraction as he was putting it in, which I 10 out of 10 don't recommend, but can't control it. So I was like squeezing Jordan's hands and just doing everything to just stay as completely still as possible. Um, But they got it in. And within the next 20, 30 minutes, I was feeling like a million bucks. I like joke that like, I've never been high in my life, but like that was like the highest I've ever been. Like it was like the greatest like relief you, I mean, personally, I didn't feel anything. I would kind of feel the tightening of my stomach with the contraction, but I couldn't feel the pain anymore, which was like amazing. So I continued, um to labor. I was able to rest some after I got my epidural. I was hanging out. Um, and at about nine o'clock, so I go in at one. Okay. So this is like eight hours later, I'm still at a five. Like I haven't progressed hardly at all. And so they asked about breaking my water, um, but I did ask to wait. So this is another thing I kind of want to touch on. I just want people to realize women um, that you have the right, this is your body. You know, this is your body that is that is doing this, this is, this is a very intense, intense situation. You have a voice and to use it. And so that was part of like what I, which we'll get into this in later in some of the questions, um, like preparing for birth. I did a um, class online, which I will put everything in the show notes. Um, and she's a doula. And so she has a lot of like, very holistic approach to birth and, you know, um, very open, like, Hey, if you want to have an epidural, great. If you don't, great. Like here's some things that you can do either way. And so to manage pain and to be in the moment and to be focused. And so, but one of the other things she really talks about is like using your voice to say, you know, no, I don't want a cervical check right now. Like you don't need to check me. And it's true. They don't really need to check you. Because um, <laughs> when the baby's ready to come out, they're going to be, they're going to know, you know, they're going to know that the baby is ready to come out. And so um, it's, it's just one of those things. I just want to empower people to speak up and to use your voice. And um, I did, I said, no, I don't want you to break my water. I want this to happen more naturally if it can. Um, and they were like, okay, that's great totally respected my wishes. Um, after about 10 o'clock though, um, his heart rate dropped and it was insane. So I was at that point, I was still a little loopy from the, uh, epidural, but like six nurses just come sprinting into my room and I feel fine. I'm like, what's wrong? And I, I always joke, I wish I would have had a video camera of them coming in and then just literally flipping my entire body, like it was a fish, like flipping me onto my knee, my hands and knees. Now, mind you, I have no feeling in my legs. So like, it was a very awkward, I was like kind of hanging onto this pillow, and to this nurse. So basically what was happening was that he was in a position that we, that was dropping his heart rate. He was in distress some. And so we finally got it to go back down. Well, then a little bit later, heart rate dropped again. So they checked me, um, and during the check, uh, my water broke, <laughs> and then I was at a seven. And so at that point, they actually did attach a heart rate monitor to the top of his head, which sounds so weird. <laughs> it's pr- I mean, to think about it, you're like, what? But it was just a more accurate reading, and so just to make sure that they were getting the most accurate heart rate that they could, um, which I was so thankful that they were able to do that. And so then within 45 minutes, I went from a seven to a nine and a half. And all of a sudden, I just remember feeling like a lot of pressure. And I started to feel the contractions again. And just after midnight, um, they were like, okay, you're fully dilated. And I was like, man, I'm in a lot of pain. Like, I feel this now. And I'll never forget my nurse. Um, Her name was Grace. And she was like, okay, well, the thing is, your epidural has run out, which I guess I just didn't know that was a thing. Like, I know that sounds silly. I was thinking like, oh, if it, you know, the medicine starts to run out, they just pump some more back in there and you're good to go. But apparently you would have to get like a second epidural. Like you'd have to go back in again and have it done again. And, um, I, she was like, so you, your epidural has worn off. Um, and we don't have time to get you another one. So we're just going to have to go for it. And I was like, that was when I panicked because, Again, I am terrified of what this is going to feel like. I'm terrified of what's going to happen. And now I don't even have the numbing of an epidural. And so one of the things that they'll say is that during transition, so when the baby starts to drop down and come down into the birthing canal, (laughs) um, the transition is when it really starts to be painful, um, even more painful. And then they always, if you've heard people say like, the ring of fire so it's essentially like when the baby's head starts to crown yeah i definitely started to feel that and it literally felt like someone had a blowtorch to me i don't know how else to explain it it was horrible i won't even sugarcoat it but i at the same time was so because of the the um birthing class that i had done and i had essential oils going and they had i had asked them to turn the lights down so the lights were kind of dark and the, or the room was kind of dark and so I was very zen. Like I, even though I was kind of panicking on the inside, like I was forcing my body to calm down because that's another thing is that when you're, when your body, when you are tightening your body and your anxiety is going, it's releasing hormones in your body that it's going to tighten your cervix, which is the exact opposite of what you want to be doing. So being as calm and mindful and just breathing through it. I mean, I literally don't, don't think I opened my eyes for hours because I was just trying so hard to just like really focus and like let the contractions kind of like wave over me and I wasn't trying to fight them and that's like the biggest thing that I think made my labor so overall fairly quick and smooth is because I wasn't fighting it. Um, It's very hard to do. I'm not going to pretend that it's not but I just I kept using Um, the words that she had given us and kind of the mantras, you know, I just kept saying, I can do anything. I can do anything for 24 hours, (laughs) you know, and some people have labors way longer than that, but that was like my, my starting point. I can do anything for 24 hours. People do this every day. I can, you know, I am capable. My body was made for this, et cetera. And so I was like, okay, let's do this. And so I had to start pushing. And so I just remember I started to push and then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna throw up. So I threw up a few times. Not, not great. Not a great look. Um, and I just remember saying like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And then again, Grace and my midwife, um, were like one more push and this baby's going to be here. And again, if you don't know me well, um, we did not find out what the, um, sex was. So we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. So that was another thing that was like super motivating to me. I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to know. And so I gave one more push and he came out and I remembered Jordan saying, we have a baby boy and laying him on my chest. And I was just genuinely shocked. Like I was so convinced that he was a girl. <laughs> I was like, there was no bit of my mind that was like, oh, we're having a boy. I had thought a girl the whole time. Um, but I was so excited and I was so thankful that he was there and that he was healthy and everything was good and I was feeling okay. Um, and it really was like an overall like very beautiful experience. He was born at one fifty six in the morning. Um, so a little over twelve hours after I went to the hospital, he was born. Um, which is really crazy. And I pushed for about forty minutes, which is not very long. Um considering some people push for way longer. So I was just so thankful that everything went the way that it did. Um, I will say, I don't know. I mean, again, this is my only experience, but I think part of like, I'm going to kind of get into like some of this postpartum stuff and kind of, you know, those first few days after, um, I think having him in the middle of the night like that was really difficult because number one, I had been up since Saturday, cramping, feeling uncomfortable Saturday night, just kind of feeling yucky Sunday, cramping all day, continuing to get more intense, barely sleeping. And then having him, it just, I just didn't get a lot of rest. And so, and I am someone who like needs her sleep. And so I like felt sick. Like, I honestly felt like I'm going to throw up. I haven't ate in forever. I just felt yucky. So then you have this new baby and you get back to your room and you're like, now what? Like, I'm supposed to, I can barely move. My legs are still kind of shaky. I am gross. I smell. I don't, you know, it's just figuring out breastfeeding. It is very, very overwhelming. And I just want people to know that everyone feels overwhelmed. Like, don't think that people just, you know, and there's varying levels of overwhelm for sure. Some people are just more chill. Some people have an easier experience. Some people have a way worse experience and very traumatic, you know, births and, but it's, you know, just, it, it's going to be a little hard, but it's also going to be great. So, um, I will say this, um, this was something that was really difficult for me, and this is probably the main reason I wanted to tell this story, is I, a lot of my friends, and hear me say that I am not dogging them, I am not mad at them, I am not anything, but a lot of my friends had shared their stories and their experience, and almost every single one of them was like, it was the most beautiful and the best moment of my life. I've never felt love in that moment. Like I did just then. And it was, I, I've just never experienced anything like it. And so that's what I was expecting. When Chandler, when Chandler was born, I was relieved. I was like, Oh my God, thank you, God. He's here. He's healthy. Everything is good. I'm good. Um, I don't have to feel like this pain anymore. It's like crazy. the amount of relief that just leaves your body. And I, I had such bad heartburn. The second he was out, like heartburn was gone. It was wild. But I just felt very kind of like numb. And I don't know if it's because I was so tired. I don't know if it's because I literally had been throwing up minutes before and felt sick. I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I didn't have that moment. I just felt very overwhelmed, very tired, almost felt like I was watching it like from above, like it wasn't real. Um, and I obviously was so thankful that he was safe and healthy, but I just didn't feel like, Oh my, I felt like you're a stranger. Who are you? Like, I know I love you, but like, I don't even know you. Like, that's just kind of what it felt like. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm a horrible mother because I feel like this. And what? why do I feel like this? Everyone says this is such a perfect moment and they've never felt love like this in that very moment, you know, that they came and laid him on the chest. And I just didn't have that experience. So from the get go, my mom guilt kicked in. I mean, the very second he was laid on my chest, my mom guilt kicked in, which was very overwhelming and felt very icky (laughs) and I felt horrible, you know, like I was like, what is wrong with me? Why do you, what, you know, and another thing, I did not cry. I literally did not shed one tear, (laughs) um, other than like being in pain. I didn't, I, you know, and I had seen all these emotional videos of birth videos and people just crying and just, Oh my God, I'm just the happiest I've ever been. And I just didn't feel that. And I'm being very vulnerable in saying that because I'm sure some people that have experienced the opposite are like, I can't even understand how you could say that. Like, and that's fine. You know, like I'm not even going to be offended if you think that, but I just didn't feel that way. And because I had never talked to someone who had felt this way, the way that I felt, I felt very alone. And so I want to share this because I have that, I have since then... (laughs) seen people on social media talk about this and, and have talked to a couple other people now who have been like, no, I get it. Like, I didn't really feel that way either. I didn't feel that immediate, you know, I felt overwhelmed. I felt exhausted. And so I just want you to know that you are not alone. And so, um, that, you know, that little bit in the hospital postpartum, it's a lot. It is like, I mean, you got doctors, nurses coming in every 10, 15 minutes. It's wild wild. Um, it's just, you're never left alone. You can't relax even if you wanted to. And so it's just a lot. And so then that added on top of it, it was like, I didn't. I felt like I couldn't even get a groove or like have an intimate moment because there was just nonstop people around us. And so when we were, um, you know, trying to figure, figure out, I had chosen to try to breastfeed and it is by far the hardest thing. One of the hardest things I've ever done. It is not easy. Um, And it didn't go smoothly for us. Um, We met with multiple lactation consultants and we finally ended up having to use a breast shield and that worked and that worked for us for a few months. Um, But it was hard and it was very overwhelming and I wanted to give up multiple times. And if I would have, I would have been okay with it, honestly. Like there's nothing wrong with giving formula to your baby. Hear me say that. (laughs) Do not let anyone bully you or make you feel less than if that is your choice um, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I did continue on with it and we continued to breastfeed and, you know, we can get into that later. But, um, so you then come home, you know, and we ended up staying, I think two days, um, just because of like the timing of it all. Cause he was born so early on that day. Otherwise they would have maybe have sent us home like either that night. And I was just like, that seems crazy. Like, I don't want to do that. And so we stayed a couple days. And then, like, going home was such a wild experience because you're like, wait, you're just going to let me take this baby home? Like, what am I supposed to do? And so my mind already was feeling mom guilt. It was already feeling overwhelmed. And then I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Okay, I have to follow everything. I'm going to do exactly what they say. And I just started being really, really strict with myself straight from the get-go and doing everything by the book, so to speak. Um, And I just... I just want to say that it's it's okay to, you know, follow a schedule. It's okay to follow a book and whatever, but I would be careful to to not get so regimented, regimented in that that you don't allow yourself to have some flexibility because these babies are humans. They're human beings. And so they are not it is not a formula that you can follow. Every day is different. Every hour is different. Um, it's, you know, yes, to have a general idea of like every two hours, you know, this newborn is going to eat and then, you know, we should give him, a, we should change his diaper and every, every time he pees and, you know, all of these things. But there are going to, just like, just like us, I don't wake up every morning starving. So I might wait a few hours to eat. But then there's some days where I might wake up and be like, I need food now. And then I also need food in an hour and a half. And then I also need food in two hours after that. So I just want to say that up front that like I struggled heavily with that idea of like, I need to do this perfectly. I need to do exactly what they said. And it's just a basis. They're giving you a basis to go off of. And then you have to do what works for you. And I wish I would have known that. And I wish I would have. It sounds so simple and so easy, but it really took my sister saying to me one day, well, why don't you just try and not do that and see what happens? And I was like, okay. Cause there was just certain things about feeding and and pumping and all this stuff that was just really overwhelming me and really stressing me out. And it just took someone saying, hey, just try to not do it this one time and see if everything's okay. And I was like, okay. And so I did that. And everything was okay, and then I started to slowly kind of find my own groove. But you know, those first month, that first month, that first two months, even, I felt just exhausted all the time. Um, and I just remember thinking, like, I love him, and I love this baby, and I want him to be healthy and happy, and I have absolutely no no feelings of harm towards him or myself. But I still felt very numb. And now looking at it, I probably had postpartum depression. (laughs) Um, I never was diagnosed with it. um, But I just had these intense, sad moments where I just felt like, did we make the right decision? Should we have had this child? And I think a lot of that comes from just pure exhaustion and overwhelm and frustration because, you know, you're not... In your normal routine you're not in, you're not in any routine that's what i think what's so difficult is in those very early days there really isn't a routine yet and you know as humans we tend to build our life around routines and so when your life no longer has a routine and you not only don't have that but you're now having to care for another human it is very very easy to spin out and that is what i was doing <laughs> so at my six-week appointment with my OB, I told them I was like I'm feeling very anxious. I'm feeling a little bit numb, <laughs> um, and so we did decide to go on anxiety medication, which I've shared in previous episodes as well. Um, and I still am on that, and I am on a very I'm on the lowest dose, but it really started to regulate myself and my feelings, and my overwhelm in a lot of ways. And so I remember one thing um, that Jordan kind of pointed out to me finally is. I would be okay during the day. Like I would feel pretty good, but then come like seven, eight o'clock, I all of a sudden would start spinning out and he and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is going on? Why, you know, why am I feeling this way all of a sudden? You know, I've had a good day or it's been, it's been a fine day. And Jordan finally said to me, I think what it is, is that you're heading into the nights because you, the night tended to be even more sporadic and random and no routine and no rhythms. And it was so unknown every night. And that scared the hell out of me because I was like, I'm already so tired. What if he wakes up every hour? What if he wakes up every 30 minutes? What if he wakes up every four hours? You know, then I'm gonna have to get up and pump because my boobs are too full or what? And I would just literally spin out of control. And he said, I'm here. I'm here to help. What can I do? You know, and that's another thing. Like if you have a partner that is supportive, that is literally everything. And he really was so supportive and so helpful. Um, And it was interesting him pointing that out. That I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I am... I am getting anxious at bedtime because it is even more unknown. And so, if you're feeling that too, just know that that's that's okay. Like <laughs> other people feel that, you know. And I I remember talking to my friend Chelsea who had a baby around the same time, a couple of weeks before me, and her saying the same thing. Oh my gosh, every night I just get so anxious. So, it's it's normal. It's okay if you feel that way, and it gets better. That's the most annoying thing to hear especially when you're in the thick of it, but I promise you it does get better. It really, really does. Um, so I, let's see, where, where are we? (laughs) Um, you know, I would say at about three months when he was three months old, I started to kind of feel a lot better. Just, I, I then was feeling such a connection to him. And so like, getting to know his personality and getting, I think it just took me a little bit. I think it was me getting to know this human and who he is and what he likes and how he likes to be held and, and what, you know, how he liked, he loved to walk around. He loved to be moving, which he still does. So that makes sense. Um, and I think it just took me a little bit, just like you getting to know anyone. It's not always just an instantaneous love, (laughs) And that's okay Um, and it took me a long time to admit that and admit that to myself and to my husband and to my family and my friends because i did eventually kind of say that to people like i you know i've been struggling to feel connected um but about three months i really felt a huge shift and it probably had to do with me being put on medication because i was then you know no longer as anxious or depressed and so that was a huge turning point for us. Um, and he started to sleep better and, and then we were really getting the breastfeeding thing down and things were just going so much smoother. Um, and I remember multiple friends saying, once you hit six months, things really shift and you're just gonna, you're going to see a difference in yourself. You're going to start to feel more yourself. You're going to start to get a routine and a rhythm. And if you don't have a kid And you want to, or you're currently pregnant, and you think six months, like, holy crap, that's a long time to feel out of control. Yes, it is. But six months also flies by. Um, And so I remember thinking, like, oh my God, six months is so far away. And then all of a sudden, I remember thinking, oh, six months is here, and wow, wow, I do feel better, you know? Um, And it's, I think, once you get to, you know, feel their personality, and see them kind of start to shape as like a little human rather than just like a blob. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but like babies when they're fresh newborns, they really are just kind of there. They just kind of lay there, they eat, they poop, they sleep. That's all they do. Um, and so now that they're not amazing and a miracle and beautiful, they are. But for me, I didn't love like the newborn stage. And my best friend Heidi and I have talked about this a ton because she loves the newborn stage. She's like, I love the snuggles. I love just the, the, you know, laying there and being with them and just taking them all in. And I'm like, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> but for, and then she's like, don't, I don't want a toddler get toddlers away from me. You know, we always joke about that. Um, cause we have toddlers Um, but I'm like actually thriving more, I feel like in the toddler stage than I even was in the newborn stage. So, you know, everybody is different and that is the beautiful thing. And that's, what's great about having a community of people is that, you know, we can all balance each other out a little bit and we can support one another when we're going through our more difficult seasons. Um, and everybody's season is going to look a little different based on their kid and their personality and their own personality and what their life circumstances are and whatever. So I guess another piece of advice is just really, really try your best not to compare um, your journey to other people's. It is hard to not, you know, to do that. I get that. I have done it as many times (laughs) as I've told myself not to. Um, But it is, it is definitely something that is, going to be different for every single person and and that's just it is what it is so um, I hope you can hear that and just feel a little bit of relief in that um, and just really realize that everybody's journey is their own and if yours looks a lot different than your friends or your sisters or your aunts or whoever it's okay Um, my favorite like early motherhood moments were like like, learn, him learning how to, um, you know, roll over and to blow bubbles and to start smiling and cooing. And when he started making more noises and, like, making noises back at me. And just those were the moments where I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like, we made a human. And it is – it's then when you start to realize, like, the true miracle of it all. And it is, like, such a cool thing. Um but it takes a little bit (laughs) to get there. And it did for me. And, um, and you might be hearing this and being like, Oh no, this, she's crazy. She, I don't, I did not feel that way at all. And that is totally fine too. Um, but once they start doing more is when I really started like feeling more my, myself and feeling more, um, like a mom and really like enjoying it. So, that's all that. Um, and I mean, now it's, it's like crazy because it goes so quickly. So that six month was a huge turnaround. And I was like, this is great. This is amazing. 10 months to 12 months was my favorite. It was my sweet spot. He was so much fun. He had a personality. He still kind of felt like a baby, but could do more things, um, at the same time. And so then from there, um, 12 months, it's like crazy. He started walking and, and they start learning more and they start talking more and they're eating more. And you know, like my mom said in her episode, bigger kids, bigger problems. That is true. You know, like as he's grown, like he's now a little reckless. And so we are constantly having, you know, a bloody nose or a busted lip or a scraped knee. You know, he's constantly hurting himself, which is like a whole nother level of stress. (laughs) Um, But hey, he sleeps through the night now. It's glorious, Um, which he has been for a long time. But I'm just saying, like, compared to baby babies, you know, there are good and bad in every stage. And so just to expect that and to just roll with the punches and to just be ready for it and embrace the good and power through the bad, you know, and I do want to say that I think um, finding a community of people who are going to support you through motherhood, um, through postpartum, through pregnancy, through postpartum, through, you know, early, early motherhood, um, and onward is so important. So I have two sisters who both have children. Um, and so they were people that I would go to, um, about anything and everything. My mom, um, my mother-in-law, my friends, I have, you know, I was one of, the not the last of my friends to have kids but I was definitely later to the game than a lot of them and so a lot of them have multiple kids and so I would go to them and say hey and you know take their advice but also take it with a grain of salt you know because again everyone's experiences are different everybody's kids are different their lifestyles are different so what works for one person isn't always going to work for another and that kind of goes back to what I said it's not a formula and I think for some people who maybe have like a very um, structured way of life or a very type A personality, let's say, or um, see things very black and white maybe, which I can sometimes. I do sometimes see things very black and white. I'm like, okay, well, this is the right way to do it, they say. So this is what I'm doing. And it just doesn't always work out perfectly that way. In fact, most of the time it doesn't. (laughs) So again, roll with the punches. But having those people to support you, um, and to kind of guide you is so, so helpful. Um, and I'm going to drop in some resources that I have, um, in the show notes and some of the things that I use specifically. And throughout this week, we'll be highlighting things, um, in, on Instagram and in my stories as well. So keep a lookout for that. Um, I did ask some people to send in some questions, so we're going to jump into those. Um, okay. One question was resources I used once the baby is here, it seems very overwhelming it is very overwhelming. Like I just said, there's a lot of information out there now, way more than there has ever been. There's social media, there's Google, there's your pediatrician, there's your neighbor, there's your mom, there's your friends, there's your sisters, whatever. Um, For me, I would go to friends and family a lot. Um, Again, hearing them out and then adapting it to fit for us. Um, When it came to like breastfeeding, I really leaned into my lactation consultant Um, I went and saw her multiple times after birth. I also went and saw her before I even gave birth. So that's something that like they offer at the hospital where I was at. Um, so you can look into that if you're currently pregnant and you do want to try and breastfeed, um, meeting with someone beforehand was super helpful, especially because I already started, I struggled breastfeeding. And so I'm just thankful that I had some of that education prior to having to try, um, i lean into my pediatrician a lot i mean i have the world's greatest pediatrician and whole office they're amazing the whole staff is just above and beyond Um, and it's their job and you pay them so (laughs) feel free to call or call the nurse line or if you have a question or if there's something you know they're used to it especially with a new first-time mom they understand those anxieties they understand the not knowing and the you know the overwhelm so really lean into your pediatrician and find someone that you really love and respect and trust. Um, and then this is, you know, social media, while it can be a very overwhelming place, if you can find certain people, um, that have really good content that you can, um, relate to, that's super helpful. So for me, um, Carrie Locker is her name. It's L O C H E R. I'll tag her Instagram in my, my notes. Um, She actually gave birth literally almost exactly the same time that I did. So we, she is a nurse and she is also a lactation consultant, I believe. And she does a lot of um, breastfeeding education and just like newborn education and postpartum education, baby stuff, (laughs) pretty much everything relating to being a mom um, on her Instagram. And so it was so helpful to kind of feel like I'm going along with her. I just happened to have a baby at the same time she did. So that was super helpful, like, oh, milestones and, you know, all of these things to kind of keep in mind. But her content is amazing and so, so, so helpful. I truly feel like she was probably the most helpful person and I've never even met her. Um, But that was a big one for me. So definitely look into that. Um, Next question. What would I compare birth to for someone who can't or hasn't had a baby? Well, hmm. Ah, ooh, it is so hard to explain. Um, it's a lot of pressure, like so much pressure. <laughs> um, it's a lot of pressure obviously in your undercarriage, in your vagina. Um, and it just feels heavy, like almost like there are br- bricks like weighing you down. But also at the same time, there's like a very intense seizing cramp. So basically with contractions, your, your, your ab, your muscles are contracting and your, well, your uterus is contracting, but everything is contracting, trying to push the baby down. So it just feels like a very tight, tight seizing of your stomach, but then also like the world's worst cramping that you've ever experienced along with pressure. I don't know if that's helpful. And like I described in my in my earlier synopsis, um, the ring of fire very much feels like a blowtorch to the vagina. So you're welcome. Um, next question. <laughs> what support? Oh, I love this question. What support from friends did you appreciate the most? As a a non-mom, I never want to overstep, but I also worry new moms think I'm not being supportive. Well, first and foremost new moms are so overwhelmed that I promise you they're not overthinking you. But I do think, um, that there are ways to be super supportive without overstepping or feeling like you're in the way, et cetera. So for me, what I appreciated the most, I had, um, some friends that brought us food, um, whether they were coming to visit the baby or literally just dropping off food. Um, during that time, like you are hungry all the time. Um, especially if you're breastfeeding, um, you're exhausted. So you don't want to cook or grocery shop or whatever. Um, so food was a great thing. Um, and I had so many people like my, um, best friend, Tiffany, like had made me some meals and my sister did too, made me some meals ahead of time. And I think my mom did as well. (laughs) So they really stocked the freezer for us, which was awesome. So we had those options, but then also like, if someone was coming to visit, they'd be like, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to bring pizza awesome. You're the best. You know, that kind of thing. That was huge. Um also like when you come over, um I think one of the things is like this is going to sound rude and I don't mean for it to sound rude, but like don't overstay your welcome again. The level of exhaustion you just cannot fathom. And so if you have someone coming over and everyone's, you know, going to be different a little bit on this, but like for me, like anything over like two hours felt exhausting. Like it was like, okay, I want to go nap, but I feel guilty because you're here, you know? So maybe just like not staying too long. Um, Also, I didn't mind this, but I have heard other friends feel like, you know, I want to hold my baby. Like this is my baby. And so really going there to like, just be supportive of the parents, I think. Yes, you want to see the baby and, like, love on the baby, and that's great. But, like, you also just be supportive of your friends, first and foremost, Um, I think is huge, and just, you know, be there. How are you feeling? Like, hey, is there, like, what can I, you know, give me three things that would be helpful today. Do you want me to vacuum for you? you want me to walk the dog? Or do you want me to do the dishes? And maybe just, like, say those three things, and then that way they don't feel guilty and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. They're like, oh, it would be amazing if you would walk the dog, you know? If you know someone well enough, I would say even don't even give them an option. Say, hey, I'm going to come over. um, I would love to come over and walk the dog today. Would that be okay? And they'd be like, oh, my God, that would be amazing. You know, just those little things that um, are maybe everyday things, but when you have a newborn just aren't happening. And if you feel comfortable enough to just be forward enough and say, like, I want to come do this for you today is huge. It's awesome. Um. Okay. Next question. I love this. <laughs> Katie, Katie asked this, did I poop during labor? Um, I'ma be honest. I have no idea. Uh, and to be even more honest, I don't care because in the moment you do not care, nor do you even know what's happening down there. It's there's people I I always laugh because like th- most of the time they'll ask you like, Hey, do you want a mirror to like see down there? And I was like, Hell no, absolutely not. Don't want to see anything. Um, some people do, you know, and so maybe I I could have found out, but I have not an idea. I don't think so. But again, like the nurses are just like, there's so much fluids and stuff happening. They're just like throwing stuff on the ground, they're throwing it in the trash. Like, it's you won't know. I promise you, you won't know. Um okay thoughts on looking into a doula questions you would have asked if you did um I love the idea of a doula like I said the um prenatal stuff that we did that was it was all online because again this was during COVID but like she is a doula and so a lot of I listened she has a podcast she has her Instagram which I will link everything in the show notes her name is Bridget something I'm blanking right now um, but she is a doula, so a lot of what she did and like taught on in her course, I very much took with me into the labor and delivery room like it was so helpful for me, so I can't even imagine having an actual human right there with me helping me do you know breathing techniques and um, different ways to do pain management before you get an epidural or without if you choose not to have an epidural. Um, you know, really being supportive, I can totally see getting a doula. In fact, if, and when we decide to have another kid, I honestly have considered it. My mom and Jordan were amazing and super, super helpful and supportive. And so I felt very supported and my midwife was awesome. My nurses were awesome but that all just happened to happen. So, you know, if you want to ensure that you have someone there that is going to have your back, no matter what, then that is a doula's job. And so I would recommend it questions. I would have asked them if I was looking at a doula, I would ask them what their pain management options are and like what their approach is. Um, Maybe how they work with the medical team because they are separate from the medical team, but they are there as your support. And so, I would be curious to see like how they kind of work with them, um, their role before, after and during birth, because, you know, are they doing anything before you're, you know, in labor and giving birth, you know, for prenatal help, or are they, you know, only going to be there during birth or how long do they stay after that kind of thing. And then just kind of knowing your expectations around what you need from them, um, is I think important to like share with them up front if you decide to go the dual route. So, um, okay. Last question. What part of caring for a new baby gave you the most anxiety? I think in the beginning, again, I just felt like I needed to do everything just so like just so perfectly um, and follow the formula and do this exact. Um, and so that gave me a lot of anxiety because if I wasn't keeping up with that pace and that, Formula, then I was like, I'm failing. I'm not doing well. The baby's not eating. Oh my gosh, the baby's supposed to be eating. It's been exactly two hours. And I just would like spin out into this like anxious mess. Um, and I think the moment that I started to let go of the expectation that everything had to be done in a certain way at a certain time perfectly is when things started to ease up for me. Um, also sleep. <laughs> I was very anxious about sleep because again, I don't function great on little sleep. So like having a newborn not great for me. Um but there are lots of people like my best friend Heidi that I was saying, she functions on very little sleep because of her job, because of her lifestyle. And so, you know, that that's why she didn't mind the newborn phase as much, I think. I think that helped her a lot. For me, in order for me to be a fully good functioning human, I need a decent amount of sleep. And that wasn't happening. And so the anxiety of going into every night, not knowing if I'm going to get any rest and feeling like crap the next day, or just feeling so depleted was terrifying and made me so anxious. So it wasn't even so much like, you know, is he eating enough food? Is he, is he getting enough tummy time? Is he, it wasn't those things for me. Um, It was really the sleep and then like feeling like I needed to do everything perfectly. So um, again, I just, I really, really encourage people to just take everything with a grain of salt, Um, you know, the advice and the guidelines and the everything, and then just adapt what is best for you and your family and your baby. So whatever that looks like is perfectly perfect for you. So those are my questions thank you everybody who set, submitted those questions I hope that was helpful um like I said I plan on sharing more um in my stories this week and in posts this week on social media so if you don't already please go follow um the podcast so, um Instagram account at for the elevate and um I will be doing some more stuff on there and then if you haven't already I would really really love it if you would rate and review the show Um, I really love reading the reviews um, on Apple. You can't leave a review on Spotify. So dumb, but you can rate it still, which is huge and important. I not only love that, but that helps other people find the show. It boosts, um, the ratings for it, so to speak. And so it's a great way to share the show and spread the love, um, with a bigger community, which is what I hope to do. So I hope this was helpful. It was very weird for me to talk by myself, so if it sounds really ranty, I apologize. But um, all in all, I just want to say I love being a mom. I love my son. I now feel, truly, truly feel like I was born to be a mom. And that sounds so cheesy, but it's true. I feel like this was like my calling, and that sounds, again, very cheesy. But um, I was meant to be a mom, and I am so thankful that I get to be. And it is a blessing and um, very much a privilege. And I am thankful that I got to share my story with you and that I hope that is helpful. So if you know someone that this would be helpful, please pass it along. But um, yeah, friends, I think that's it. So I'll talk to you later. Love ya. Well, friends, that got a little intimate, (laughs) and I really painted a vivid picture for you, so you're welcome, but I did want to be open and honest so that if you or someone you know has felt this way, you know that you're not alone, and it's okay to have those feelings around motherhood or your baby. It does not make you a bad person. It does not make you a bad mother. Like I said before, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it on socials or with a friend. As always, friends, thank you for being here.